0: Well, I can't wait to meet our host. I hear this is only one of his beat parties. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love love, will come back to me. Good evening and welcome back to Too True to Lie with Harry Day. It is Memorial Day and in honor of our armed forces and our veterans and the memory of those that served our country and its citizens, I'm gonna dedicate the show to all our armed forces, veterans and active duty members. And this, this morning um, I noticed on a show they were kind of talking about, it was one of those shows that talks about Forgotten History, I believe, on the American History Channel. And they came across a story that I hadn't heard. And I read a lot about, uh, I'm a big non-fiction reader, and I read, I like biographies and uh, documentary uh, books. And I'd, I'd never heard of this group of people who did a lot in a short period of time and became famous within their time, but it faded out with history and was overlaid, so to speak, by a book and a movie 20 years later that brought a little bit of fame back to them, but it brought a fame to these men who served in the 101st Airborne. And it's not the uh, Easy Company Band of Brothers, although they fought with them at times. But they ended up living down a story, which was a book and then a movie that was taken from their story but as hollywood does they went their own way with it and a member of this group of of men they were uh demolition uh professionals in the in the army in 101st airborne um I lost my train of thought, so I'm just going to (laughs) jump. I'm going to jump forward. We've seen and heard the movie, The Dirty Dozen, with Lee Marvin. Well-known movie. They play it every Memorial Day. They play it every uh, Veterans Day. Um, They they play it, you know, sometimes on VE Day or on D-Day, which were all... Memorial days of our armed forces from World War II and other wars. Well, the Dirty Dozen was fictitious. And what one member, and this is what I I lost, now I found it again. One member of this group whose story was kind of pilfered to make the Dirty Dozen. They wrote a book, and then they, in, in 65, the book was written, The Dirty Dozen, and then they made the movie in 67 and living members of this group whose name I have not said yet but if you saw the title of this I guess you know it they they didn't like it and they said about 30% of it was correct 70% of it was bs um in the dirty dozen they were all criminals that were in jail in the brig, whatever. uh, Sentenced to life or to death, many of them. Well, that was just the Hollywood version. The real men were known as the Filthy Thirteen. It doesn't sing. That's why they didn't make the book that. That's why they didn't name the movie that. The Filthy Thirteen. But there was a reason they were the Filthy Thirteen. First off, they were demolition people. They blew stuff up. They knew how to break and blow anything up with explosives or whatever they had handy. And while they were training for D-Day in 44 to go jump into France, they lived in these huts in England and they weren't real good rule followers. They would go AWOL, to go out drinking, they would uh, not bathe very often. And they wouldn't use their, their water for bathing or washing their clothes. They saved their water rations to cook game that they hunted or trapped in the neighboring area where they were training and living in England. They were next to some manor with with these huge grounds. And they probably, you know, I doubt it was deer. It was probably, more, you know, squirrel, gopher, who knows? Smaller animals, birds. But they hunted their little area and used their water to boil and clean their game because, you know, Army rations, military rations back then weren't considered top-notch gourmet food by any means. A lot of it was in cans. Hot meals on occasion, sure, when they could bring in fresh food, or at least vegetables. Anyway, they were called the Filthy 13 because of this. They didn't keep their barracks up very well either and they got punished all the time and they just took the punishment they didn't care they did things and got away with it and the only reason they got away with it as time went on is because they were real good at what they did and they went above and beyond what was needed of them when it came to demolition of bridges mostly or blowing up ordnance, or uh whatever needed to be done, railway, road, dropping trees. Well, their their leader was killed when they jumped into uh, Normandy. And so a man named Jake McNeese was field commissioned their leader as a sergeant. And When they weren't in combat, they were back in England or they were in France that, in, in, in retaken parts of France. And they were known to do whatever they wanted to do and stay wherever they wanted to stay as long as they felt like it. As long as they weren't in combat and required, you know, to do their jobs. They stole jeeps. They stole cranes. They blew up barracks for fun with no one in them. They blew down trees for fun. There was a colonel whose whiskey they continuously stole. And, you know, later on, when only a few of them were left alive, and over half of them died in the war, in Normandy and in Bastogne mainly. And we'll get to that, not not how they died, but just, just what this group of demolition men did. Um, so out my window, I I just got this new bug zapper, and it is bright blue light, and and I live out in the country, and it's dark out here, and so I got this bright blue bug zapper that covers an acre and a half, as it says on the box, of bug zapping coverage, and it is busy burning them down out there right now it's just zap after zap long zaps for bigger bugs if you watch long enough you'll see them smoke and burn <laughs> and me and ethan have been sitting there watching them every once in a while we'll look out the window and watch them and it keeps drawing my attention away from what i'm trying to do here but uh you know really i don't need that to draw my attention away or forget what i'm doing because that's just how my brain works and i jump around and Lose my train of thought, and so then I have to start over. <clears throat> but I don't start over, do I? I just kind of roll through it like a uh, barefooted kid in the mud. So the filthy 13, there were 13 of them that were going to jump with the 101st Airborne, which was a lot of men. They flew over the English Channel the night before D-Day and then jumped behind the lines. Basically, wherever they landed, they were surrounded. They landed in flooded fields. They landed in cities. They landed right in the middle of German troops. And many of them that landed in German in the midst of German troops were killed. I mean, they weren't just not gonna fight. They were the 101st and the 82nd. Airborne, and it was fight or die. That was their. That was just the way they behaved, <laughs> if you want to call it that. Well, they they were getting ready to go, and if you've seen any footage and a newsreel during the war, is what made them famous early on. Even though most of them died in the war because they didn't just duck. And waited out. They fought and charged and and did their job, and died doing it. And I think that's another reason why I chose them for my Memorial Day episode, because they were men's men. They were the man. They were, you know, heroes. They were brave. So if you've seen any of the footage from World War Two and you're looking at footage of the men who were going to parachute into Normandy the night of D-Day coming up. You saw the men who had shaved heads except for a mohawk and face paint. And I remember seeing them all the time, and I always wondered what happened to them. Who were they? Why'd they do that? Well, I'm going to tell you. One of their leaders, their Sergeant McNeese, who's Jake McNeese, whose nickname was McNasty. They all had nicknames. McNasty was from Oklahoma. He was half Choctaw, half white. And going in, they were told that they had a high, like an 80% chance of dying trying to do their job of holding some bridges and blowing other bridges so they could get a foothold on France when they did the uh, landings. Well, McNasty being part Choctaw, and the Choctaw are from Mississippi. If you're here in Mississippi with me, you know we have Choctaw. Choctaw uh, weren't initially on the Mississippi River in their early days. They were down in uh, lower Alabama, parts of Panhandle, Florida, uh, lower Mississippi, but not really on Mississippi River, the Chickasaw were, but then they kind of made their way through a majority of central Mississippi and on the river. And then in the Indian Removal Act, a lot of them moved to uh, Oklahoma, and the Choctaw were the first to go, and that was the original Trail of Tears. They didn't have to walk as far as the uh, as the Cherokee, but just as many died en route, which is a tragedy in our history. And, and every country and every family has, has moments that aren't, you know, very good. And we all have our great moments, too. And so you can't judge lest ye be judged. Anyway, he's half Choctaw. He's a man's man. He's a brawler a little bit. You know, they're bad they're 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 not bad guys, but they're bad guys, you know, they're they're the bad boys. They're cocky. So he shaves his head and all the men in his group of the filthy thirteen <laughs> shave their heads also and they put on face paint, mostly black, green, and white. White being zinc for sun protection, black and green for just camouflage. But they've, you know, you see, you've seen the videos, if you've watched any videos at all, of D Day or World War II and the European theater and the campaigns of battle. So they all painted themse- themselves up and gave themselves Mohawks and then put on all their gear, 100 pounds of gear, stepped on those planes, flew over, and then jumped while under fire. Into France and their main leader was killed as right after landing on the ground he landed right in front of Germans and got shot he was killed in the initial jump they say so they weren't all together but there was two bridges nope this is going on a market garden they went in And half were killed, wounded or captured, but the rest did their mission. Whatever their mission was, it doesn't say here. And whatever they had done, they had gotten machine gunned strafed by their own No. Ordered Air Force to bomb the bridges that they didn't they destroyed bridges over the Douvage. D-O-U-V-E, River. So that was there. Secure and destroy. Secure or destroy. So the German reinforcements couldn't come in. And they did their job. Um, They also helped capture Carentan, which was a major town in the coastal region they needed to take. So they did their job. And then they got to take a break. What was left of them? they got re- They got new men who took on their ways, and then the next the next jump was M- Montgomery's fluke, Market Garden, the British led that, where they tried to go into the Netherlands and they didn't realize that the crack German tank divisions were there, and they got their asses handed to them. But the demolition platoon went in, half of them were killed by German bombing, but the rest did their job. They uh, secured a reg- regimental command post. They protected wire lane details. They served as rifle squads when needed for understrength company. And then the Allied forces had to retreat. And so they retreated. Well, while that's going on, the Allies are pushing into Paris and... Their leader McNasty went AWOL to go to Paris after Market Garden. Um. Somewhere along the line, while he was AWOL, some MPs ran across him at a bar, and cap and tried to take him and arrest him, and he took their batons from them and beat them with them. <laughs> But I think Moore came in and overwhelmed and he was taken in. But he just did a little time and he was good at what he did. They needed him because what was coming up, the Battle of the Bulge, pushed back. Bastogne was surrounded. They had no way in Bastogne to coordinate bombings. They had bad weather. You couldn't see real well. And... Unknowingly, he had volunteered to go join the Pathfinders, as they were called, and they would do training in England for uh, new soldiers going into the fight. They needed experienced soldiers to train the new guys for combat. But the Pathfinders were plucked from their cherry job and told, listen, you've got to go jump into Bastogne, which is surrounded by Germans, is getting shelled and bombed 24 seven, taking casualties constant. You have probably 89, 90% chance of being wounded, killed, or or, uh, captured. 20 of them went in with a CRN-4 beacon Which is what they had to set up. That was their job, and they land and they had trouble too because their plane got hit, flying over, and they the pilots were like, "We don't know how long this plane's gonna hold out. Y'all need to go." And they said, "Just get over the city." Whoops. So they got over by Stone and jumped with their beacon, and set it up so that Allied bombers could bomb everything around Bastogne without bombing their own troops. And still some on the outskirts got bombed. It's just a, it's friendly fire. It happens in war. Well, they they put their beacon up and then they're stuck in Bastogne. So they went out and uh, hooked up with the rest of uh, the 101st Airborne that was there and fought. And of the 20 men that went in, 19 survived. Which was pretty cool, and they got the beacon in that got the bombing in that helped loosen it up, let them live longer until Patton and his men could hook it hook up, and get a lifeline into them all this went down in June through December into january forty five june forty four to january forty five you know half of them surviving was a miracle probably in that, in that atmosphere of combat. And so old McNasty, having jumped three times into combat, which was very rare, jumped again into combat after the Battle of the Bulge to serve as an observer in Operation Varsity, and it doesn't say what it is. He went in, I don't know how many of his men went in. It was a successful jump, one of the largest ever, into, well, if it wasn't into Germany, it was right on the border, and then they went into Germany. It was part of the invasion of Germany, which completely liberated France. And I'm trying to look it up here without losing my page. 16,000 paratroopers. So any of the other ones with them. Well, no, he was the only one that did four jumps. And so there probably weren't any others of the original Filthy 13 that went in there. It doesn't say where they went in, but it was part of the invasion of Germany. Here's some of the nicknames. You know how pro teams, college teams fraternities, and military. You know, everybody has nicknames. Um, Got Frenchy, Rags Man, Maul, Trigger, Piccadilly Willy, (laughs) Peep Nuts, who's killed Normandy, La La, Lulip, Old Man, Mike, (laughs) that's not much of a nickname. Um, There's McNasty, Shorty, Denty, Joe, killed in Holland. Herbie, Chuck, Goo Goo, killed in Normandy. Hawkeye, there's Hawkeye everywhere in there. So, these guys, there's been books written about them. But someone wrote that book the Dirty Dozen, which was 70% fiction. And then in 67, they made the movie with Lee Marvin and all kinds. Ernest Borgnine, Charles Bronson, Jim Brown, Robert Ryan, Telly Savalas, Donald Sutherland. A who's who of nineteen, late 1960s movies. But it's, it doesn't. You know, I just hadn't heard about the filthy 13, you know, I never heard about them. And they were the men with the war paint and the Mohawks, which, by the way, when they landed in France, scared the hell out of the French people when they saw these, any of these 13 men, because they they thought they were seeing wild Indians in American uniform. And the Germans they came across were a little fearful of them, too. So, heck yeah, man. (laughs) That was pretty stupid. But here's to our heroes. Here's to the real heroes. The one, not the ones that you see on TV and on the movie screen, and certainly not the ones you see on TV in Congress who send Men like McNasty to war while they sit at home in their, you know, posh manners. While people like McNasty and his men poach around their place in the dark and kill rabbits and squirrels. And instead of bathing, they take the water that they are rationed and use it to prepare their food because they wanted meat. They wanted real meat. Because obviously they were real men. The Filthy Thirteen. And if you're into the specifics, they were the first demolition section of the regimental headquarters company of the 506th Parachute Infantry Regiment of the 101st Airborne Division of the United States Army, URA, fought in World War II. The inspiration for the book and film, The Dirty Dozen. Which sounds way cooler, but in reality, all those guys would have probably had their asses handed to them by these men, the Filthy Thirteen. And what did these men do? They fought to free Europe, to stem the spread of Nazism, Socialism, Communism, Fascism. Things that are becoming in vogue in our colleges now, which is just mind-boggling. Because in in college, in education, you're supposed to study history. That's part of it. Science, history, math, writing, English. Foreign languages is great. You know, I always tell my kids, if you're going to take a language, take Spanish, because that's our second language. So, in closing... On a short episode, Happy Memorial Day. Thank our veterans. Donate to veteran charities. We have veterans all across the United States who have lost limbs, whose families have lost husbands, brothers, and sons to the Gulf Wars fighting terrorism. Which is real? Which was worth fighting? I don't care what you try to rationale with me. There were mass graves all over Iraq. The Taliban oppress women, non-believers of Islam, and misguide children, and raise them to be terrorists and child warriors. They Their religion disfigures and women for crimes that aren't crimes in this country. Kill women if they've been raped by other people. So thank our veterans who we have alive now still and give to charities for the education of their kids that have been, whose parents have been killed in combat, or just killed serving our country, even the Coast Guard. We want to remember our veterans, we want to remember our servicemen and women, and we want to know that they strive and go to war so that me, we, me and you, we may have Peace.